Pittsburgh Steeler fans, welcome back to another episode of Steeler Stat Geek. This is Neil Curtin Network editor Dave Schofield coming at you Thursday morning. It's my first Stat Geek of the 2024 calendar year. That's right, in case you missed it last week, I'm so sorry. I was doing great and fine and everything on Wednesday, and I got a call that I had to go pick up my youngest son from school because he got sick. And I went, and I got him, and I brought him home, and it wasn't long after I was joining him. And, man, I was out for the count. It was a 24-hour thing. I'm still recovering when it comes to my breathing and my lungs. I still got a bit of a cough, especially if I start to get laughing or anything or get a tickle in my throat when I talk a long time, like for a podcast. So I will try to do my best to not break out into cough during this show. But I really want to thank Brian Anthony Davis who filled in for me. I know Jeff had reached out to me and said, hey, if you if you need me to cover, let me know. But I ended up being down for the count for a couple hours. By the time I got back to him, I'm like, oh, that's too late for Jeff. So I asked Brian if he could. Um, tried to give him a heads up of something that he could do of what I had in mind, where I was saying, hey, talk about the Steelers in the final week of the season. I said, go, go back to like 2007 with Mike Tomlin. Well, he went all the way back to 2000. And, and went through, and he went through game by game, and he did it. He did it bad style because you know what? That's what I would expect. I don't want bad to come in here as stat geek and be Dave, be bad, be Brian. So he talked about those games, but it was the whole idea of that the Steelers generally have finished very, very well at the very end of the season. So I want to thank Brian for coming through to get that. Um, I didn't pass on like the the zebra technology stat of the week. I, it was just too much for me at the time. I did recover enough to be able to go on the preview. Um, did a lot of muting and everything during that show uh, when I didn't have to talk. But uh, thank you all for sticking with me. Hopefully you're still here. Hopefully maybe we even got some more people. And hopefully you'll stick around after hearing me if you came in because you liked what Bad had to say. But I, I'm going to break down some numbers as I do. What I'm going to do is I'm going to talk about this. Well, first of all, we'll do the Zebra Technology Stats of the Week again. Uh, for this week. Sorry, you didn't have that last week, but who was talking about the week before when we have, when we've already moved on? Because honestly, I'm struggling right now. It's tough to even talk about week 18 because what is the regular season compared to the postseason? It's, it's just a means to an end. It's just a way to get there. Even though the last time we saw the Steelers play was in the regular season, you know, not even a week ago. I'm just, I'm not even really focused on that game. When my brother and I did Scobro show on Tuesday night, we talked some about the game, but it was really more about the playoffs, about the experience. Yeah, that's right. Playoffs. The experience of the Steelers getting into the playoffs, how, how that came about, you know, how we reacted to it. Then there was, you know, the matchup coming up. And that's what we're going to get into, really dive into in the second half. I'm going to do it kind of like I normally do, but I'm going to take it a little bit further where I look at the matchup between the two teams. But before we get there, like I said, after we do the Zebra technology stuff, we'll look at some numbers from last week's game. But then we're going to look at some some interesting things when it came to the Pittsburgh Steelers 2023 regular season, what it did, some interesting things just with the AFC North in general. Then we're also going to look at other teams that made the playoffs and some and some other things there. So we're going to just look at – 
almost as anything, some anomalies or just to see if there's any anomalies. So let's dive into it so we can get there. I don't want to keep you over time. I always say that and then I end up doing it anyway. But when I'm, with the Zebra Technology Stats of the week, there were uh, several for the Pittsburgh Steelers, multiple ones for the Pittsburgh Steelers. You can probably figure out where they might be coming from. Well, one of them, of course, is Mason Rudolph. And it says that in a must-win Week 18 game, Mason Rudolph delivered. The Steelers' offensive game plan was predicated on short, quick throws that relied on receivers picking up yak. Now, one thing it doesn't mention here, why did it rele- Why did it rely on that? Because it was a friggin' monsoon. It was pouring. It would have been foolish to do more than that. It, there was risk versus reward wasn't enough. So that's, you know, setting that up as to what that really was. So then, so to, sorry, now to get back to what it was. Okay, uh, Rudolph's average time to throw was 2.62 seconds which was the 10th lowest, and his average intended air yards mark was 2.9, which was the lowest, which was .07 average completed air yards, which was the second lowest. He posted a plus 12.6% completion percentage above expected, which was the fourth highest, but also had the highest expected completion percentage of the week of 77.4. So in other words, you're saying he – he had a very high expected completion rate, and he went above that. He went above that. So because, I mean, my goodness, if you're going to have 90% completion rate, which we'll talk about here shortly when we look at some of the other numbers from this past game. So looking at a few of these things, they, they, they have some season-ending trends at the end of each position group. So if there's anything from the Steelers, I'll bring it up. There wasn't anything for quarterback. But we move on to running back. Do you think they said anything about Najee Harris? Yeah, they said something about Najee Harris. Najee Harris totaled 112 rushing yards and a touchdown on 26 carries with with a plus 14 rushing yards above expected against the Ravens, his third straight game generating positive rushing yards above expected. Harris saw most of his production come on inside runs. Yeah, Steelers fans that were watching, you saw that. Well, I don't know why they're trying to run him outside and have it not go very well. He does a great job running inside. Okay, recording 100 yards and a touchdown on 19 carries when he was running inside. So he ran for 112 rushing yards, and 100 of them were on inside carries, uh, out, which out of ni- which was 19 out of 26 carries, which is really interesting to look at it that way. All right, got to get back to where I was. Oh, where was I? Okay, he managed these numbers while facing a stacked box on 53.85% of his carries, tied for second most of the week. So they were stacked in the box, and the Steelers were still running against them. There you go. Um, looking at some of the stuff by the, at the end of the season, didn't have anything there, once again, for running backs. But I, I know they do at some place here eventually. Now, here we go. Evidence of the Steelers' reliance on quick short passes came from Deontay Johnson in Week 18. He, he commanded a 91.06 share of the Steelers' air yards, which is first, while only averaging 10.7 targeted air yards on five total targets. He caught four of those, going for 89 yards and a touchdown. His average uh, yards after the catch above expected of 9.4 yards was highest of the week. It's because he busted a long touchdown and went for 71 yards. But there was some interesting stuff when it came to the end of the year things, okay? They were looking at average cushion for the season when it comes to wide receivers. Average cushion. 
They gave the lowest and the highest. The lowest cushion went to George Pickens, 5.1 yards. And the highest cushion actually went to, in the NFL, actually went to Zay Flowers, just so you, just so you know, of 7.7 yards. So um, they, they had to qualify. They had to have at least 45 targets. Um, yeah, it, it was the number they came up with. Then we didn't have anything for the week, but just thought I would mention that when they talk about the, the about the end of year stuff, when it came to tight end, once again it was the average cushion. Pat Fairmuth actually had the highest in the NFL among tight ends of seven point zero yards. Hmm, interesting, lots of cushion to to uh, Pat Fairmuth, although he hadn't necessarily had a lot. And that was it for the Zebra Technology Stats of the Week. That was a lot, actually. But that also threw in some things that was uh, uh, there. And sorry about the ding on my phone as we went. It just so happened to do that. Let's dive in real quick to a couple of the numbers from this game. Uh, I don't want to spend too much time on it. But I do have to say the fact that the Steelers ended up with with a zero turnover margin really helped out. It went a long way for them getting that last takeaway because they were at the, they were at the negative for a while, and then they got a takeaway late in the game to even it up and put them up two scores, which really helped save some things. Well, it didn't, it didn't, because you always have to wonder. I, I love going up two scores late in the game, but then you know what the Steelers do? They back off. They back off, and they're like, you know what? I do not mind you taking a bunch of time and moving the ball because you're not going to score twice once. The goal becomes don't score twice, not hold them. It's don't score twice. And we'll talk about that with the stat a little bit later on here in just a couple minutes and maybe even less. But just thought I'd say that was a big one for the Steelers to to jump out to that two-score lead. And it was so important to get to two scores. The Steelers didn't really push it once again for it to be a touchdown, to go up two touchdowns. Two scores was was enough. Steelers rushed for 155 yards, 39 carries, four yards per carry. Already mentioned Najee Harris's stats. The 71-yard touchdown, that was basically half of Mason Rudolph's passing yards on the day. Um, but it was it was a play. If you want to hear more about that play, listen to what KT Smith had to say on Here We Go, the Steelers show. That's the Tuesday morning show. This is the Thursday morning show. Hopefully you already caught that. But that was really interesting about how – Mason Rudolph had the, the the safe throw available. And honestly, I talked about this with my brother on Tuesday night. Chances are if they're going into the wind, he probably takes the safe throw. But going with the wind, he decided to whip it in there to Deontay Johnson and boom, gone. That was all she wrote, and that was really the key moment of the game. Uh, two incompletions. That was it for Mace Rudolph. 18 of 20. You can talk about, like, his PFS score was terrible, and it's like, oh, his passing grade so so low. My goodness, he completed all but two of his passes. 18 of 20. In high winds, in the pouring rain. And some of those passes were pretty impressive that he could pull them off. That one into that really tight window on the screen to Jalen Warren, you're like, how did that ball get through there? He had the other one that he had the defender draped on his arm, and he still muscled it enough to get it to Warren, even though it wasn't a long pass. That was a really nice pass on the touchdown to fit that through there. Even the one in completion that was deep to Deontay Johnson, a lot of people are like, why didn't Deontay Johnson go for that more? I'll tell you my opinion on that. My opinion is 
you're you're talking about looking back and tracking the ball, looking up into the rain. That ball was thrown high. That's that's what Mason Rudolph does. Was he drops? He throws it high and drops it in there. If you're looking up for that ball, trying to look up into the rain, find the ball, not lose your footing because it's really wet. Maybe you could would like to see them, you know, at least extend or dive or something to make it seem like he was going for it more. I honestly don't know that Deontay Johnson ever really truly got that ball in his sights until it was a little bit too late. Uh, and I think it was because of the rain. That's me. You could say, oh, Dave, you're making an excuse. Maybe I am. I'm just saying the, I think the weather conditions were the biggest factor with what happened on that play. But that was a great throw, and that was one of the two incompletions. Now, the other incompletion was one where it was – let's just say this. It was a nice throw. It was a bad decision because Mason Ruff did not see the safety uh, that was undercutting the route. You're cutting in front of their whatever the right term is that he cut in front of there and could have had an interception. People talk about pick six because people are on their on, you know, because they're running in that direction. That pass was significantly downfield. That I mean, it's not like there was no one between him and the end zone. So that that that's probably a little bit of a stretch there to say it would have been a touchdown the other way. I I don't know, but that was pretty impressive to only have two incompletions. Um, I also outlined the Steelers punting. I mean, it was six punts by the Steelers to seven by the Ravens. But in one more punt than the Steelers had, the Ravens had 127 more yards. They did not have one punt for 127 yards. Even if it was half that, that just goes to show how much farther they were punting than the Steelers. Prime example, first punt of the game for each team. The Steelers' first punt went for 34 yards. The Ravens' first punt went for 64 yards. That's a huge difference. And what's even worse about that, that was in the first quarter when the Steelers had the wind to their back and the Ravens were kicking into the wind. Now, that 64-yard punt, it was low. It was a line drive, and it was away from the from, from the um, returner, and it rolled. It was It's what you have to do when you're kicking it into the wind like that. But that was a big disadvantage for the Steelers. I know a lot of people are like, are they going to replace the punter? Oh, look, they're bringing in Brad Wing to the practice squad. Wesley Harvin's going to be – I still don't think that's the case. I think it's wise. I think Harvin will do better if he's got competition during the week. I really do. But I don't see the Steelers making a move there because of the importance of being a holder. And the Steelers, if you have the room on your practice squad and you can you know, hold on to a, a decent punter without him – Signing somewhere else, someone who punted for you early, even earlier this season that did an all right job, do it. Do it. Um, but the one other thing with the Steelers, they did kind of make it back up in the punting game. Not No, no credit to the punter here. Well, maybe a little bit. But the Ravens had no punt return yards. So you could cre- credit that maybe a little bit, but not a lot. But the real credit goes to the Steelers punt return team, they had 92 punt return yards. So they were so they lost 127 yards on punt, but they gained 92 of it back on returns. So just thought I'd throw that out there. Um, another thing I brought up in the article, I know now I'm already going long. There was not a live ball penalty call on offense or defense in this game. The only live ball penalties 
were on special teams. There were only, I think, nine penalties at all, and a good bit of them, or was it seven penalties at all? And four of them were on special teams. Yeah, I think it was seven penalties at all. Four on special teams. And the other three were on offense. There was a, a delay a game on each team. And there was the illegal snap on on Mason Cole, which is technically a dead ball. Wow. There was there was no holding offensively, defensively, no pass interference, no illegal contact, no roughing the passer, nothing. Now, do I like it when the officials will let the players play? Yeah. This is Baltimore and Pittsburgh. This is Steelers-Ravens. Do you really think there wasn't any of that stuff going on? I mean, we saw the holds. I mean, my goodness. They even pointed out, like, wow, I don't know how that hold wasn't called against Alex Highsmith. You know, we saw them. So that was just a little bit – I'll be honest with you, though. If you're going to go one way or the other, I would rather have the game be under-officiated than over-officiated. But this was a really big example of under-officiated. Now, um, one other number I go to before I get into some stuff with the AFC North. The, the Steelers held the Ravens to 106 rushing yards. This is where the Steelers had the chance to do something this year that no other team had done. But because they went up two scores, they were fine with it. The Steelers could have helped, been the only team to hold the Ravens to under 100 rushing yards this season. And you're like, oh, but they weren't playing. They're play-. Yeah, they were playing most of their line. Uh, they were playing their running backs because they kind of had to. Uh, yeah, but bottom line is the Steelers gave up 25 rushing yards on the Ravens' final drive because they were fine if Tyler Huntley scrambled and they could contain him without him busting for a long play. It took time. If they could keep him in the field of play, that's even better. But they were just kind of like, as long as he doesn't scramble for a, a huge amount. So it was 25 yards, but I think it was on four or five different rushes. I'd have to go back and look. So if it wasn't for that, the Steelers would have been the only team that held the Ravens under 100 yards rushing the season, which would have been really cool. The bottom line is the Steelers got the win. They finished 10-7, and seven, and they finished 5-1 and one in the division. So I'm going to just bring up a couple things, um, a couple anomalies and stuff that goes with the Steelers uh, in the division. And that is this, okay? The Steelers finished 5-1, and one and they finished third in the division. That's just kind of weird. I don't know that that's happened to that extent before, but actually trying to find that number, it was really tough for me. Now, that might have to be something I try to dive into during the offseason. So that means the Steelers were 5-1 and one against the AFC North and 5-6 and six against everybody else. Losing record outside of the division, but got to 10 wins and are in the playoffs. Okay, The Steelers were 3-2 and two against the NFC. Three and two against the NFC, but they were only one and three against the AFC South, which we'll get to in just a little bit. And here's a here's a here's the thing of note. This is one that I didn't think would happen. The Pittsburgh Steelers were the, were the only AFC North team that lost to the San Francisco 49ers. That's right. The Ravens, the Bengals, and the Browns all beat the 49ers this season. So the 49ers are one of those weird teams. You know, they, they're the number one seed in the NFC. They had 12 wins, and 10 of them came in conference. They beat the Steelers, and then they beat their other matchup in the AFC, which I can't remember right now exactly what it was. 
Um, I'm, I'm trying to find it, and I don't know if I can. Very easy. Oh, they, they beat Jacksonville. That's who it was. They beat Jacksonville. So that's just strange. You know, 12 and 5, you know, they went 5 and 1 in their division. There were four teams that went 5 and 1 in their division in the NFL this year. Steelers were the only one in the AFC. The other two were the Cowboys went 5 and 1 uh, in, the, in the NFC East. And in the NFC West, both the 49ers and the Rams went 5 and 1. So if the 49ers would have played more of their players and beat the Rams the last week of the season, they could have had the chance to be the only team that went 6 and 0 in the division. So that that's just that's a little bit interesting. But if you look at the AFC North as a whole, okay, so the way it ended up breaking down was the Ravens, they went 13 and 4, the Browns went 11 and 6, the Steelers went 10 and 7 and the Cincinnati went 9 and 8. Yeah, I'll try to dig a little bit more in the offseason about everything with all the teams finishing above 500. So Obviously, the best division in football. All the teams finished above 500, and the Steelers went 5-1 and one in that division. That's pretty impressive. Now, what's interesting is the Steelers, they went 3-2 and two against the NFC. So did the Browns. The Browns also went 3-2 and two against the NFC. But when it came to the Ravens and the Bengals, they both went 5-0 and oh against the NFC. Did you know there's the whole thing with Lamar Jackson and his record all in all against the NFC? I think he only has one loss. That's because they don't see him enough to know how to properly prepare for him. Steelers see him all the time. That's why they kind of have the Ravens number. Okay, But Cincinnati, they did not have a very good conference record. I mean, the, the Bengals went 9-8, and eight, but they only went 4-8 and eight in the conference. 4-8 and eight in the AFC, 5-0 and oh against the NFC. Now, all four of the teams in the AFC North were matched up against all the teams in the AFC South. Okay, Baltimore went 3-1 and because they lost to the Colts. Cleveland went 4-0 and against the AFC South. The Bengals went 2-2, two and two, and the Steelers went 1-3. and three. They only beat the Titans. That was it. So that was kind of what separated them within the division. Steelers had a great divisional record, did not do very good against the AFC South. So then it decided, let's start looking at, like, playoff teams, teams that made the playoffs. How did the Steelers and the rest of the AFC North – perform against teams that made the playoffs, all right? Well, the Steelers, they went 5-3 and three against playoff teams. The Browns went 4-3 and three against playoff teams. The Ravens went 6-3 and three against playoff teams. And the Bengals went 4-7. and seven. They had the most games, and they did not come through with them. So that was – they had a first-place schedule. It's funny, last year they had a first-place schedule. This year they got a lot – this year coming up, they'll have a last-place schedule. But they went four and seven against teams that, that finished in the playoffs this season. So the Bengals did not do well against the bigger competition. They went 19 and 16 overall. So we're going to go ahead and take a break because when we come back, I'm going to look at the playoff teams for this year, for 2023, and how they did against other playoff teams. And then I'm going to break down the matchup between the Steelers and the Bills, not just for the whole season, but kind of where each team is trending. So stick around. We'll be right back after you. When my phone rang, she found someone new. No surprise how life
right, Steeler fans, here we go. Let's look at some more of these numbers dealing with the teams that qualified for the postseason. I broke some things down for the AFC North, but I decided let's look at teams that made the playoffs in, in 2023. There's 14 teams, seven from each, each conference, and let's see how they did against other playoff teams. Who did the best? Who did the worst? Well, it might surprise you. Well, first of all, who played the most games against other teams that made the playoffs? This means, to me, this means were you the most battle-tested? You played the better competition. You played against teams that made the postseason. Baltimore Ravens had nine games against teams that made the playoffs. Nine. The Eagles, Niners, Steelers, and Rams had eight games against teams that made the playoffs. So I already said the Ravens, they were six and three. Steelers were five and three. There's one team, well, there's actually two teams that have a better winner winning percentage in both of those. Just maybe not as many wins. Okay. Shockingly, as much as they've fallen off a cliff, the Philadelphia Eagles went six and two against teams that made the playoffs. Six and two against teams that made the playoffs. So they had 11 wins. And so they, they finished, what, uh, 11 and six? So that means they had four losses against teams that didn't make the playoffs. All right. Uh, so they went six and two. I already said the Steelers went five and three. The 49ers went five and three. You know, same as the number one seed. There's another team in there that had five wins, but they didn't have as many games. And that was the Buffalo Bills. The Buffalo Bills went five and one against teams that made the playoff, 5-1. and one. Now, it helps you know they got two wins over Miami. Uh, they got a win over Dallas in there. They got a win over Kansas City. All, you know, some various ones there. So those are the teams that actually have, have the best records against teams that made the playoff. I'll give you one more that is a winning record, and that was the Browns. I actually gave it to you before the break. They were 4-3 and three against teams that made the, made the playoffs. Now let's get into some of these that not so much. All right. Green Bay, they were three and three against teams that made the playoffs. Detroit was three and three. And Houston was two and two. Those were teams that, you know, finished 500 against teams that qualified for the postseason. Dallas had more games and they came up on the short end. They, they had seven games. They went three and four against teams that made the playoffs. Then you start to get into some pretty some pretty cringeworthy ones. And think about some of the teams that I haven't said yet. Okay. The Los Angeles Rams went two and six against teams that made the playoffs. Tampa Bay went one and five. Miami went one and five. Their only win was against Dallas. And believe it or not, the Kansas City Chiefs went one and four. Kansas City Chiefs only have one win on the season against a team that qualified for the playoffs. One. One. And the question is, what was it? Well, I'm going to have to look that up real quick. Who did they beat that made the playoffs? So, they, let's see, because they lost to the Detroit Lions to open the season. And they beat the Miami Dolphins 21-14 to in Europe. That was in London, I'm pretty sure. Or was that the Germany game? I, I can't remember. Pretty sure that was the London game. Um, I might be wrong. If, if that's the case, I'm sorry. But they lost to the Eagles. They lost to the Packers. They lost to the Bills. And that's all that they played of teams that made the playoffs. 
they didn't play an overly strong schedule, and they only won one game. They only won the one game. So that was interesting. So I thought, you know, I could maybe take it a little bit further, a little bit further, and say, okay, what about instead of a team making the playoffs, what about if they played a team that was 500? They beat a team that was that was that was at least 500. So you can't. There were no ties this year, so you had to be over 500. So there were some teams that were over 500. This just gives everyone it's the same record you have plus those other teams that were above 500 but didn't make the playoff. So like Baltimore, they were 10 and four against teams that were above 500 this past season. Um, the Niners were eight and four. The Steelers were eight and five. The Browns were seven and five. The Eagles were six and three. The Rams were six and seven. Houston, who only had four games against teams that made the playoffs, they had 10 games against teams that finished above 100. They were six and four. Okay. Buffalo, that's where they dropped down a little bit. They were actually five and three against teams that were over that were over 500. So two teams that finished above 500 but didn't make the playoffs. Um, or two games in there, but Buffalo had losses in there. So, uh, but I mean, once again, Kansas City, they were three and four. Miami, one and five. Those are two teams that aren't, don't really have, when you look at the resume, they don't have that impressive of a resume. This is not the same Kansas City Chiefs team, but um, but fortunately for them, it just seems that they luck out so much. They happen to get the Dolphins, who are actually kind of reeling a little bit. Now, you know, lost two in a row to finish the season. Um, the only time they had back-to-back losses all season. Got to go to Miami playing in, in negative temperatures. I, I, as, a, as a Steelers guy, looking at the numbers, I would have much rather gone to Kansas City based on some of these numbers. So just thought that just thought that had some, some interesting stuff to it and thought I'd, I'd share that. So the question was, what about, what about the teams that missed the playoffs? How did they do against teams that were above 500? I'll be honest with you. Uh, there were a couple of them that were 500. Cincinnati was 500. They were 7-7. Seven and seven. Uh, Denver was 500. They were 4-4. Four and four. And I think, was there another one in there? Uh, nope, that was it. I think it was just those two. Um, so it kind of goes to show those were the two teams that, that uh, maybe played a little bit better against the better competition, but nobody else – no one was over 500 that I, I'm looking at. This. No, wait, I, I almost missed one. There was one team that was over 500 against playoff. It's a team that missed the playoffs, and they were above 500 against teams that were above 500. If you could follow that. That's the Atlanta Falcons. They were 5-4. and four. So there you go. That's what that was. Let's get into this breakdown Let's look at the Steelers versus the Bills. I'm not even going to give you the numbers with uh, with like what their yardages were in the same way I do. I'm giving you just the ranks. But I'm going to give you the rank overall, and then I'm going to give you the rank among playoff teams, just because I can. Um, and I took the time to do it. So I'm going to give you the typical stats. So here we go. If you look at the Bills and the Steelers on the whole season, the Bills are pretty balanced offensively. All right, um, passing, they were eighth in the league. They were seventh among playoff teams. The Steelers were 25th in the league, 14th among playoff teams. Yeah, that's last. Uh, when it comes to running the football, the Bills were seventh in the NFL. That was fifth among playoff teams. The Steelers were 13th in the NFL. That was ninth among playoff teams. 
So obviously, Bills, you know, another big advantage there. Points scored. The Bills were sixth in the NFL. That was sixth among uh, playoff teams. The Steelers were 28th in the NFL. That was 14th among playoff teams. No, this is all offense. And then, of course, just overall offensive yards. Bills were fourth in the league, fourth with playoff teams. Steelers were 25th in the league. And once again, last, 14th among playoff teams. Not good for the Steelers when you look at the whole season and you look offensively. Uh, the Bills were, were um, let's see, they gave up 24 sacks on the season, which was first um, in, in the NFL and first among playoff teams, of course. And when it came to turnovers, they turned it over a lot. They turned it over 28 times. They were tied for 23rd in the NFL, which is 13th among playoff teams. So they'll, they will turn the ball over. The Steelers, uh, they gave up 36 sacks. That was ninth in the NFL and eighth among playoff teams. And they had they only had 16 turnovers on the season. That was tied for second, which was tied for second in, in, among playoff teams. Now let's look at the defense. Okay. Bills. Let's go with passing defense. Passing defense, they were seventh in the NFL, fifth among playoff teams. Steelers were 17th in the NFL, ninth among playoff teams. Running defense, rushing uh, defense gets run. 15th in the NFL, 10th in, in playoff teams. So that's their weaker part of their defense. Where the Steelers, they were 19th in the NFL and 13th among playoff teams. So still not as good as the Bills. Then you look at the at the points. The Bills were fourth in the NFL in, in giving up points, you know, giving up the least amount of points, and which was fourth among playoff teams. And the Steelers, they were sixth, which was sixth among playoff teams. And overall yardage, the Bills were ninth, which was sixth among playoff teams. Gave up the ninth fewest yards this year. The Steelers were 21st, which was 12th among playoff teams. So the the Bills they actually had 54 sacks this year. They were they were fourth um, in the league, fourth among playoff teams. Where the Steelers they had 47 sacks. They were tied for 11th in the NFL, which is eighth among playoff teams. When it came to takeaways, the Bills had more takeaways. 30 takeaways on the season. Third in the NFL, second among playoff teams. The Steelers had 27 takeaways, which was tied for eighth um, in the NFL and tied for fifth among playoff teams. All right. But as we know, both these teams are trending in the right direction. Okay, The Bills have won five straight games. The Steelers have won three straight games. So what I decided to do really quick was to do the same stats but over the last five games of the season to say, hey, during this Bills streak, where have they been? How do the Steelers compare to that? So let's look at the Bills' best part of their season the last five games and see how that goes, okay? Um, honestly, when it came to pass deep or pass offense, not good for the Bills because, well, they had that one game against Cowboys. They barely threw the ball. Yeah, they were 21st in the NFL, ninth of playoff teams. Steelers were 22nd in the NFL, 10th among playoff teams. Almost the exact same, just right behind them. When it came to rushing the ball, the Bills were 5th um, in the uh, in the NFL, 3rd in playoff teams. Steelers were 11th, which was 8th among playoff teams. Points scored, the Bills were 10th in the NFL, 7th of, uh, of the teams in the playoffs. Steelers were 15th in the NFL, 11th from teams in the playoffs. And overall yardage, the Bills were 8th Overall, seventh among playoff teams. Steelers were 17th and 12th among playoff teams. Uh, when it came to giving up sacks, I didn't give the raw numbers. I just uh, The Bills were tied for fifth in the NFL, tied for third in, in playoff teams. Steelers were tied for 11th. 
in the NFL tied for seventh among playoff teams. And when it came to turning the ball over, Bills, once again, not good, tied for 21st, which was tied for 11th among playoff teams. For the Steelers, they were tied for 13th, which was tied for fourth among playoff teams. That's offense. Let's hit the defense real quick. Okay, this is this is where you'll see some interesting stuff. Pass defense. Bills were fifth in the NFL, second among playoff teams. Steelers were 17th in the NFL, eighth among playoff teams. Run defense, fifth in the NFL for the Bills, third among playoff teams. Steelers were ninth, uh, which was sixth among playoff teams. Points given up, Bills, fifth. Again, five, 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 five. Uh, which was second among playoff teams. Steelers were eighth, which was fifth among playoff teams. So much closer with the over these last five games. And then when it comes to the to yardage surrender, Bills were fourth, which was second in the NFL or second among playoff teams, and the Steelers were fourteenth, which was eighth. Real quick with the sacks, um, Bills were tied for fourteenth, which was tied for seventh among playoff teams. Steelers were the same, tied for fourteenth, tied for seventh, because that's who they were tied with was the Bills. When it came to takeaways, the Bills were tied for sixth, which was tied for fourth among playoff teams, and the Steelers were tied for 13th, which was tied for eighth among playoff teams. All right, so over those last five games, now look at what the Steelers did. They won three of those five games, but they had two that were not good in there. So we looked at the Bills' best stretch and where they looked pretty good over the last five games. Why don't we narrow it down a little bit and look at the Steelers' best stretch? What's the Steelers' best stretch of the season by far? Yeah, it's the last three games especially when you look at it offensively, the numbers they're putting up. So let's let's strip it down to it one last time. One last time, last three games of the season. Last three games of the season, this is where these two teams rank. Okay? Pass defense, Bills. I'm just going to tell you, the first number I give you is the NFL. The second is among playoff teams. So here we go. Bills, ninth, sixth. Steelers, 16th, ninth. Okay, so the Bills, advantage, so, sorry, I said defense. This is defense. This is offense. Bills, advantage, passing offense still. Rushing offense. Bills, 13th, 6th. Steelers, 3rd, 1st. That's right. Over the last three games, the Steelers have the most rushing yards among any teams that made the playoffs. Remember that. Points scored. Points scored. Bills, 12th in the NFL, ninth playoff teams. Steelers, 5th, 4th. So, this, so over the last three games, the Steelers have done better over the last three games than the Bills. But the Bills, when you had the extra two games where they had two more wins and the Steelers had two losses, you had more separation. When you come to overall yards, Bills were eighth or sorry, eleventh and eighth. Steelers were fifth and fourth. Outside of passing offense, the Steelers' offense has been better than the Bills the last three weeks. Now, who were the Bills playing the last three weeks? Well. Other than, than the Dolphins, who's not a not a super duper strong defense. I mean, I'm not going. Steelers didn't play the Dolphins this year. I didn't break them down. But I mean, this. I mean, those three games for the for the Bills that might not be in this order were the Chargers, the Patriots, and the Dolphins. Yeah, that was the order actually. Where the Steelers were the Bengals, the Seahawks, and the Ravens. And so the Steelers have better numbers over the last three games. Okay, sorry, I, I forgot to do sacks. Uh, sacks, the the Bills, you know, being sacked, tied for seventh, tied for third. Steelers, same thing. That's what they're tied with. Uh, t- uh, turn, turn the ball over. Buffalo, 26th over the last three games, 12th among the 14 playoff teams. Steelers, 6th in the NFL, 
or sorry, tied for sixth in the NFL, tied for first among playoff teams in not turning the ball over over the last three games. All right, moving on to the defense. We'll do this real quick and get some final thoughts. All right, so the Bills um, passing defense, sixth in the NFL, second second among playoff teams. Steelers, 22nd and ninth. Now you're probably saying, really? Their pass defense is that bad? Once again, this, the Steelers had bigger leads, and at the end of the game, they weren't they weren't worried about giving up yards because they were just trying to win the game and not let the team score multiple times. That's what happens. All right, but when it came to rushing defense, Bills, 13th, 8th, where the Steelers are, 4th and 3rd. When it came to, to point surrender, the Bills are 10th and 7th, where the Steelers were 2nd and 2nd. Second in the NFL with points and points given up over the last three weeks. And then last but not least, the overall yardage surrendered. The Bills actually had the advantage here. They were eighth and fifth, where the Steelers were 15th and seventh. So the Steelers, think about it, offensively trending better than the Bills the last three games. Defensively, probably better because the points really matters, and that's there was a significant difference there. If you look at uh, sacks, the Bills are 10th and 6th where the Steelers were tied for 12th and tied for 7th. So, I'm oh, sorry, the, the Bills were tied for 10th and they were 6th. Sorry. Um, and when it comes to takeaways, the Bills are were tied for 6th and tied for 3rd, which was the same as the Steelers because that's who they were tied with. So, over the so the Bills are on that five-game winning streak, but based on the stats and comparing them to the rest of the NFL, the Steelers are actually playing better over the last 3 games than the Bills. So now I've, I have to admit, I would have much rather played the Kansas City Chiefs. I think they're a team that is struggling. Well, they're not struggling. They're just not what they were. They have, they have warts that I think could be exposed. I don't know that the Dolphins are the team that can do that in the cold in Kansas City. So that'll be really interesting to see. But I don't care about that game. That game will happen before the Steelers game. I care about the Pittsburgh Steelers taking on the Buffalo Bills. So everyone's talking about the Bills and all what they've done and all they had to do so much. And they had to, they came out of their bye week and won their last five games. And they're such a team on the rise. That's true. They've won, they have a longer winning streak. But over the last three games, they have not been playing as well as the Steelers. I'm just putting that out there. So take that, Steelers fans. Get excited about this game. It's the playoffs. Anything can happen. I'm just excited that the Steelers made the playoffs so I could come back and do another Stat Geek for this season leading into a game since I didn't get to do last week. Make sure you're checking us out on all of the platforms. Man, I've really gone over tonight. Sorry, this morning. Of course, it's the night. You all know I record this the night before because there ain't no way I'm getting up at 4 a.m. to record this for you. I love my, my nerds of steel, but... Not more than my sleep at that time of the night. Um, but anyway, thank you so much for everything. Make sure you're checking out all our podcasts. Keep going back to steelcurrentnetwork.com for editorial things. We could really use people checking us out just because it helps with the algorithms and everything. Um, we just, we're, we're, we're really putting some good stuff out there. It's just we're not really getting picked up much on Google because it takes time and page views before, the, before they really acknowledge you even more. So here we go. Let's get it going. I keep saying I'm going to be excited to sit on my couch. You know what? I'll probably say this tonight on the Steelers preview. Make sure you join us there. I hope at the end of this game, I hope at 4 o'clock on Sunday, I'm not sitting on my couch. 
I want to be standing and pacing nervously. I want to be pacing nervously because I'm like, can the Steelers get the score they need to win the game? Or can the Steelers get the stop they need to win the game? Because I want to be nervous because it's really coming down to everything there. So I really can't wait for it. Steelers fans, enjoy this. Enjoy it. The postseason is so short, and you're not guaranteed to be there every year. When it, when it happens, take it in and enjoy this little bit of time that we get with it. So I really hope you're, you've enjoyed this week. And as I always say, to finish these out, thanks for keeping up. <laughs>